0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice podcast. I am so glad that you are here with me. I have another incredible guest to share with you this week. But firstly, I just want to update you on a couple of things. Firstly is the Facebook group, the Writer's Advice Facebook group. If you're a writer, a listener of this, um, a reader, whatever, whatever your vibe or creativity, it would be really great if you want to come and join the Writer's Advice Facebook group because in there we chat about all things creativity, all things writing, but also you'll be able to know the guests that are coming up on the podcast. So you can yeah, can submit your questions um, to ask them as well that I can ask them on the podcast. Also, if there's any authors that you want to hear from and recommend, you can chuck it all in there. So just um, search Writer's Advice Podcast on facebook and that group should come up also thank you everyone who supported the launch of manifest um follow me over on instagram at olivia hillier author to see all things including an exciting event that is coming up um surrounding the launch of manifest but you can now buy manifest and have we met before Anywhere that you can buy books essentially. Um, have we met before is more of a second chances deep romance. Manifest is more definitely more of a summer light chick flick read. I say it's like legally blonde meets um Abraham Hicks. It's super fun, like like the ultimate nineties Australian um chick flick read. It's definitely new adult um bordering on young adult as well. If that is your thing, you can go and purchase that anywhere. Remember, if you do and you love it, please leave a review on Goodreads or um, send me a message. Send me a message at Olivia Hill, your author. I want to see where you're reading it and give me all your thoughts. Also, if you love this podcast, please be sure to click five stars, give us a review. It really, really helps get it out there um, and get more incredible guests on, on the podcast. Anyway, I'm going to get into it. Hope you're having an absolutely fabulous day, night, wherever, whenever you are listening to this. And yeah, let's get into this week's incredible guest. Writer's advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back listeners. I am very excited for another episode of the Writer's Advice podcast and today I am joined by the fabulous Amanda Boucher who is author of the Kingmaker Chronicles and the Night Chaser series. There is so much exciting stuff I wanted to dive into with you about it all but thank you so much for joining us today Amanda. Thank you for having me. Now I want to start from Literally the beginning. When was the moment that you decided or you knew that you were a writer?
1: Well, it's funny because there was a spark way back when, early on, when I was maybe 11 or 12, and I decided I was going to write something. And of course, we were writing by hand at that point on yellow notepad paper, probably. And after about three pages, I decided my hand was tired and I didn't have any idea where the story was going next so (laughs) that was it (laughs) and um then I concentrated on being a reader for a very long time and then the spark came back um I would say oh goodness maybe 17 18 years ago and I dabbled and you know wrote some books that I thought weren't good enough to go anywhere and I started over and did a new one and all that process took a while i guess it was sort of self teaching from being a reader i didn't you know go through any kind of writing program or anything it was basically from being a reader i i knew what a story needed to sound like in the end to be gripping and good and emotional and all the hit all the beats that we want to hit and so i just kept trying until i felt like I got it right. And that book was The Promise of Fire. Wow! And I did work on it for a long time though. The luxury of being an unpublished author with the first book that you really want to perfect to the best of your ability is that you don't have a timeline. You don't have a, you know, a deadline and a pressure. So um, yeah, I, I worked on it for like five, six years, I think. And uh, I also had my son, uh so he was little and that took a lot of time. So I'm sure that if it had just been me concentrating on writing and that was it, then <laughs> it might have gone a little faster. But uh and then that was it. Yeah, it was the first one I tried to sell. I felt like it was good enough and it was the story I wanted to to
0: go out into the world with and it worked. So I love that. that I love that. <laughs> yeah. And was were all the other manuscripts that you previously worked on in the same genre, or had you did you know that you always wanted to write in that?
1: Um, I would say that, well, A Promise of Fire and The Kingmaker Chronicles are fantasy romance. And the ones that I dabbled in the beginning were more paranormal romance, I would say, like, because there were, like, time travel elements, and I was a big fan, I still am, I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) who doesn't love a Scottish historical, but, um, I love the time travel, like back into historical, you know, medieval England or medieval Scotland or something. And so that was what I loved reading. So I tried writing it, but, you know, I think it went okay, but it was part of my learning process and more paranormal because I had some witches also, but that also involved time travel. So no, it was really weird that I wasn't writing fantasy. Maybe that was what wasn't working for me is that I needed to be able to make up my worlds. And, and that was what, you know allowed me to go where I wanted to go instead of trying to contain things in our in our worlds, you know with paranormal elements
0: uh I just went all out fantasy (laughs) I love that yeah yeah (laughs) and it's gone so well for you so A Promise of Fire so so you said it took you six years how many drafts do you think that you went through in that process and when was the moment (laughs) that you were like Okay, I think I think this is now. I need to like let it go and and see how it goes out into the world. Essentially, yeah. Uh,
1: well, just so for anyone looking who doesn't know, we, I have this gorgeous new cover for *A Promise of Fire* too. This has been like rebooted this year. So it first came out in 2016, but we've redone it in uh, trade paperback size and gorgeous new covers for the whole original trilogy leading up to this, which is coming out in October. So it's a first very closely related spin-off um, so in terms of the writing I I think I reread well I wrote I wrote it and I reread as I as I write um, and then I did several like heavy rewrites maybe three or something and then I mean each one is less each one has less changes and then in terms of my real slowdown was perfecting it. I must have read, I must have printed it out and read on paper and made little changes on, you know, eight more drafts or something. And it took me forever. <laughs> um, but each draft, you know, it made the, just, it was the the word choice, the sentence structure, all these little things that probably a reader would like book whether I had made several of those changes or not but for me it just felt like for the rhythm and the flow and the sound i read a lot out loud to myself as i'm rereading especially on paper i read it out loud and it'll tell me like if if the musicality i don't know if that's a word but yeah <laughs> of the sentence is right or if it feels like it's missing a word at the at the end or if something should be switched around and so i spend a lot of time doing that and i still do but i don't have the luxury of as much time and then I hit a point where I thought I wasn't improving the book anymore. I was actually doing it a disservice at one like it wasn't as natural anymore. Or I don't know. There was just that there, there was a click moment where I was like, no, I don't I shouldn't read this again and go over it again because I think I'll just start making it not as good instead of better. And yeah, yeah. that was when I was stopped. <laughs> off to the agent we'll see what happens yeah
0: the moment that like over perfectionist just kicks in you're like okay I just need to I need to like step back here and just let it be what it is so yeah I and I that. Think
1: that part of it was that I was changing it back to what I'd had in the previous version And I was like well
0: I'm just wasting my time now <laughs> that's a big thing though to get to that moment we like oh, okay this is this is Good enough, or this is this is what I'm going to present. But you also gave really good advice just then that I actually haven't had anyone on this podcast say yet. Is oh. reading it out loud. Yeah. I feel like that is one it of really- the best. advices when it comes to. I know I love to do that. If I haven't done it, that's when I notice mm-hmm. mistakes. Like <laughs> so, absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
1: And for me, it also after I've read a book several times. I know it so well that I, I my mind drifts, even if I want to concentrate, I can't. Mm. And so reading it out loud helps me concentrate on what I'm reading instead of just sort of reading, but my mind is actually elsewhere.
0: Yeah.
1: A little trick there. That <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's mainly for the sentence structure or, or just maybe switching two words around or changing one out, one word out for another. Like for me, that clarity comes with reading out loud and hearing it out
0: loud yeah a hundred percent and when you finished a promise of because it's it's, how many words is it it's not a small book like it's a good size no it's not (laughs) a small book um
1: (laughs) you know I can't actually remember somewhere between 100,000 and 110,000 yeah breath Breath of fire the second book was longer I think maybe 115,000 or so heart on fire the book the third book was slightly shorter, but it was still over a hundred thousand. But it's funny, I got a lot of comments because in a bookshelf it does look a little thinner. About how short it was, I'm like short. It's more than a hundred thousand words. <laughs> That's a heavy chunk of book. And then the longest one is *The Curse of Queens*. Oh my gosh, my first draft that I turned in was like one hundred forty thousand words. Wow. We did pare it back. You know, there was some stuff that could go and some places that could get sped up and everything. Um, but I think it still came out at easily 120 or so. It's long. Like I have it here. It's just in page count on trade paperback without like the glossary and all the rest. Um, still not there yet. Epilogue. And I have to put my glasses on to see them. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I can't see anything up. Uh, 462 pages. Yeah, so wow. That's- You've got a lot of reading there, and um, it starts out a little soft-paced, but it gets really exciting as the book
0: goes on. (laughs) And did you always know it was going to be a series? Like, I I think with fantasy, when you create your world, maybe, but when you finished, did you always know that there was going to be so many in the series?
1: No. um, I I always wanted to write a, a companion series to the original trilogy, because I have the secondary characters that I love and that my readers have loved and I wanted to tell their stories and I didn't necessarily want to do that in the original trilogy because that story was really focused on the main character Cat and her journey with Griffin um, and that whole trilogy is told from her point of view only her point of view first person present tense and really intensely with Kat and I wanted the what I call the beta team their you know core team members to have their own stories but not through Kat's eyes through their own you know eyes and 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 feelings so so I was I always wanted to do that um unfortunately that with the publication process and the we didn't do it right away I, I wanted to go straight into it after the first trilogy um it didn't happen that way now we've gone back to it and i'm very happy about that and it's maybe a good thing because now we did this reboot with beautiful new covers and um it just means that the night chaser series is slightly on hold and we're waiting for book three which will complete that uh series and in terms of uh your question also for a promise of fire i think i was about two-thirds of the way writing the book and I was like, either this is going to be a massive, massive book, like 600 pages or 700 pages or something. And I wrap it all up in one somehow, or I have to, I didn't even think of doing a duology. I don't even think I knew that existed at the time, or I do a trilogy and I spread it out over three books. And because I was the debut author, nobody had ever heard of me. i had never published a book. I was like, no publishing house is going to want an 800 page fantasy romance from an unheard of person so that's when i was like okay we're gonna cut it into three books which made sense for the world because there were three realms of on this mm. continent and so uh it went easily to and the idea is you know they're taking over the continent basically um to change change up the leadership which was very uh very cruel and unpleasant rulers and my my characters are always sort of powerful people who want to support the underdogs so they're out Mm to sort of right the wrongs of this world and overturn the the tyrannical rulers and since there's three realms we could do one two three books
0: (laughs) I love that and what do people what it's a it's a curse of queens did I say that right yes the curse of queens is the upcoming book October 4th the new covers are like that. Like that blue is just so eye-catching. It is absolutely I gorgeous. Know. I, I know. I love the,
1: the, the, yeah. the way it goes from the green to blue and the gold. So detailed. They're gorgeous. Awesome. I know that I'll show the other two too because we haven't looked at those yet. That's book two and book three. A lot of the fantasy space right now, the fantasy romance space, I have beautiful covers object based and but they're very dark. And yeah, that's very true. You know, very dark color. Yeah. And we we did not do that and I think that it stands out um nicely on a bookshelf and in a bookstore because it, it is fantasy it's clearly fantasy but it's got this pop of color and um well hopefully people will readers will still recognize it for what it is which is fantasy romance even though it's a little um, not quite in line with the the current darker trend on um, yeah. the covers,
0: they're eye catching, <laughs> they are beautiful. I am, yeah, and the fourth that is out on the fourth, so everyone really needs to get about that or get a promise of fire if you have not read it yet. A hundred percent. Um, yeah. now, what is your process now? You said your first book took you like obviously between a child <laughs> six years. How's the pressure now? What is your daily writing routine? Um, mm, yeah. well.
1: I pumped out a lot of books in not much time. Yeah. I mean, publication was actually about a year between um, mostly, but, you know, with the delays in publishing, traditional publishing, you have, you know, you've got to turn it in way ahead of the actual publication. And there's a huge process, you know, different editorial stages and everything. And just the advanced reader copy, the review copy is like finished and done five months maybe six months with the Curse of Queen. It was more like six months ahead of time. So, um, and then I i think I was a bit burned out actually.
0: Mm.
1: And co- COVID hit actually that, that whole year where basically everybody was at home, kids were not in schools and I just didn't do anything. But that, that year in terms of writing, I, I kept on the internet and, you know, Instagram and, you know, I kept I didn't drop off the face of the earth, but I wasn't writing. And um, I was, I have a daughter also, my son's old enough that he was basically self-sufficient in his homeschooling, but my daughter was definitely not. So I concentrated on that. And I did, you know, we exercised together. We we did aerobics in front of the TV. We we hung out and it was great. And it was like this, I I know so many people suffered during COVID, not only for sicknesses and health and you know, losing people, but in terms of just being confined. And that was not our case. We were sort of happy and together and finding each other again, just the kids and me oh, here. And and um, so that was good. But the problem is is I've had a very hard time getting back my previous concentration. Mm. So I it took a really long time to write a Curse of Queens. And there were lots of stops and starts for various reasons. And finally, the last third of the book or so, I was able to write, just, you know, actually write it. And that helps reboot my my sort of creativity and my writing and everything. Um, But yeah, I'm still having trouble concentrating like I used to. I used to sit down and I would write and I would be on it, you know, and now I'm like, oh, go get a cup of tea and oh let's go do the laundry and oh let me pack the cats and <laughs> so I I don't know I'm not sure what the solution is there I haven't found it if you
0: have any miraculous advice <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> no I really want to talk about that though because it's it's really interesting like I, I don't know what you can compare writing a book to because you are in such this deep brain state and particularly when you're like creating something and like I don't write fantasy so I've never created a world which is even like another thing that you've constantly you've got so many different things ticking on in your mind while you're in this flow zone (laughs) Mm. (laughs) that when you're when you you can almost train yourself to keep going like you did but then Mm. you do get to that I think there is a a stage where it's like you know you can get to burnout pretty quickly when you're constantly in that so it's like it's finding that balance. Yeah.
1: Well, I often equate my writing for me to a steam engine and like once the engine's hot, I'm chugging along. But when the engine cools down, oh man, it takes so long (laughs) to get things going again. (laughs) And it's like that every day. Honestly, it's like that on the bigger scale, but it's also like that every day. When I sit down, I don't instantly start tapping away and I'm like, you know, there we go. I've got words. I kind of sit there and I got to think and I reread some bits and You know just on a daily basis getting this engine hot again is the the process and then overall it's the same thing if i'm not really in it and i'd also think creative doing things that are creative you can't just sit down and be like create you know it
0: yeah
1: it has to come from somewhere that's not just your you know
0: you commanding
1: your brain to work And some days it works and some days it doesn't,
0: so. Yeah, 100%. With that, where do you draw your inspiration from now? Is it just coming, does it just come to you? Like, when you go in that world, like, does it still come to you? Is there anything that you do to, like, reinvigorate it?
1: Mm, That's a good question. Um, Mainly, I just, it's during the writing. I'm a pantser, Mm. as we say. Um, So I kind of write by the seat of my pants and I don't, I plan things out as I go. So it's not exactly that I, you know, don't plan anything, but I sort of see the next stage or the next chapter or the next event in a book from the previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm building as I go. I, I like to think of it as a tree. You know, you you start with a, you know, or you start with the seed or whatever and then you grow it, and then it branches off and then those branches branch off and, it, it just grows organically. Um, I mean, I, I have the obvious things planned out, like good guys win, bad guys lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and this book that I'm working on right now, it's the the next one, the next spinoff after A Curse of Queens. So it's still Kingmaker oh, wow. Chronicles. I'm I'm struggling a little because I'm not sure how to work out things. Yeah, <laughs> further yeah I'm not sure how to work this one out and I'm sort of at 110 pages or so and I'm thinking man I have no idea what to do here
0: (laughs) is this the hardest one you've
1: written because like
0: like I'm I'm I love I'm I'm love that whole tree analogy that's so beautiful but have you found each book very different for you with that of how or some have come easy some have come harder like how is that yeah Uh, definitely
1: um Breath of Fire, book two in the Kingmaker Chronicles, came pretty easily. Um, this one I am struggling with, but it's more because I don't... The person who's supposed to win in the end, I don't really want to win. Oh. okay. So I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> it's
0: like your own moral compass being like... Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not talking about my characters, but in the greater world, it's Greek mythology. And... um uh, uh, so far, we have Zeus coming out on top of, um, you know, uh, several battles in this trilogy. And, and I'm not sure if Zeus should win this one because <laughs> he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. not, and kind of like big time a jerk. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm struggling with that. I'm, I'm thinking this might be
0: my Empire Strikes Back book. You know. Yeah, you go. We'll we'll wait and see. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited. I'm excited. <laughs> now um, do you have any other words of advice for um up and coming writers or someone working on a new manuscript right now? Um, yeah, what kind of words of advice would you have for for them?
1: Mm. <laughs> ah oh gosh, there's so much. Um I I personally am a Probably a almost it's almost debilitating my perfectionism, with, with, I wouldn't suggest going as far as I do sometimes. But definitely try and make sure you're putting your best foot forward before you put the book out there, either mm-hmm. self-published or or with agents or editors, because um, you know you want it to be the the very best you can make. Afterwards, a professional editor will help you improve it even if you're you think it's great the way it is there's always you know things yeah. to improve but yeah i would say to make sure it's it's polished up and you know the story is rock solid and everything before you before you go to the next stage whatever that might be
0: yeah 100% that's really 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 great advice and so the curse of queens is out on the 4th of october um what else is next for you? This the next the next is one after that. Is that are you on deadline for that at the moment or
1: I am, yes. Uh hopefully I'll make my deadline. It's uh, <laughs> 1st of February. <laughs> um so, yeah, and that's so that's the Kingmaker book. It's a little weird because it was a trilogy, but now we've got book four and book five will be the next one. So it's it's hard to explain why it's a trilogy with book five coming. Um but that's because it's it's really a very closely related spinoff. So we decided to keep it in the, under the same umbrella, the same series umbrella. But it is an actual trilogy, one, two, three, which is completed. Curse of Queens comes out in October. And then the next one, I don't know. We don't have a, a I have a deadline. But I don't, I don't have a date or a pre-order or a title or anything. Um, so, and then there'll be at least one more after that. I'm not sure yet. There has to be one more because there's one more character that needs taken care of.
0: Yeah. Um, But it more could be that could even be a duology. I'm not sure yet. I I just genuinely want to ask like, you've put so much into this one world. How do you go with that? Are you just so invested, or are you someone that's kind of starting to get other ideas of different play, like stories you want to play around with at the same time as well?
1: I do sometimes get like a bee in my bonnet and I want (laughs) to. you know something else and i'll usually write 10 pages really fast or something and then and then never look at them again (laughs) because i've got these other obligations yeah yeah Um, so i kind of yeah i think i'm ready when this when the the beta team spinoffs are done i'm definitely ready to move on to you know a new idea something else yeah um but that's at least two more books. One I'm working on now, and on another one. And I do. I mean, there's Night Chaser to finish because we have Night Chaser, Starbreaker, and Dawnmaker, which has a title, but it I haven't even written it yet. So because I, well, that's what I thought I was doing next. But then we went back to Kingmaker, so it's like okay, yeah. you know, I just kind of. There's a point where when you're traditionally published, you just gotta do what is your you know what they ask you to do so yeah but yeah. I'm I love both series so I want I want both series to be completed and
0: and I want people to discover them so hundred <laughs> percent but we're also when these have been your characters for so long they're like your friends you know you want to you want to keep them going and keep them like fully <laughs> yeah. tell their story
1: <laughs> oh my gosh well I was with Kat the main character of the original trilogy for so long that I mean she's her voice was in my head all the time. And I think there's a big part of me and her. There must be, because otherwise (laughs) I couldn't have,
0: I couldn't have lived with her for so long. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That is such a great way to explain it. Oh, thank you so much for this chat, Amanda. I've had the best time and I'm so excited for a Curse of Queens to come out. So everyone really does need to get their hands on that. Um, It'll be everywhere. Hey, is it? Yeah, it will be everywhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there'll be a, um, there's a, a UK Commonwealth version, which has a different cover, but it matches okay, the, cool. the covers that they had throughout the original trilogy. So if you're awesome. in Australia, you, you probably have access to either either one, but there is one that for all the, the UK Commonwealth, you know, Australia and New Zealand that matches the original trilogy. Perfect. So that's cool. You'll have your choice.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah, I love that. Excellent. Awesome. And where can people get in contact with you? Where can people find you or learn more about you?
1: Yes. Uh, thank you. Well, I, I have a website, amandaboucher.com, and, and I'm quite active on Instagram. I believe it's author. It might be Amanda Boucher author or author Amanda Boucher. Either way, you'll find me. Um, so Instagram is probably my main platform. I'm doing my best to grow on TikTok, but I'm, okay. <laughs> it's a little tough. Um, Facebook, uh, and all of that you'll find me Amanda Boucher author or author Amanda Boucher. I can never remember exactly which one, but very, very close to that on the public pages because uh yeah, I have like a private profile too. So don't go there, go to the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Perfect. I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us, Amanda. And what have you got what have you got planned for the launch? Have you got some exciting have you got any like online events or anything um, planned? Well,
1: um, I do have a couple interviews coming up, um, that'll mainly go on Instagram, I think. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, no, I'll just be, I'll just be hopping around on my different platforms saying, you know, it's out. It's out. <laughs> get your heads on it. Right. <laughs> that's, I love That's that. mostly what's a newsletter. Oh, please sign up for my newsletter. That's yes. the best way to get you know, news directly into your inbox. That's an easy sign up on my website.
0: Perfect. Excellent. I will chuckle that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Amanda. it was been Thank lovely chatting too. to you.
1: Oh, you too. Thank you so much. <laughs>